Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Today's episode is a special mother-daughter recording with Laura Dern and her mother, Diane Ladd. It was such a privilege to interview these two complete superstars. Laura Dern and their book is called Honey Baby Mine, A Mother and Daughter Talk Life, Death, Love, and Banana Pudding. Laura Dern is a three-time Academy Award nominee who won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her performance in Noah Baumbach's film Marriage Story. She is also an Emmy, Golden Globe, SAG, and BAFTA award winner who has touched audiences and critics alike with her moving and heartfelt performances. In addition to her extensive film and television credits, Laura has been prolific in her producing career. In 2017, she established Jay Walker Pictures, a Los Angeles-based production company founded with partner Jamie Lemons with emphasis on great storytelling and film and television. From 2016 to 2020, she also served on the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences Board of Governors, representing the Actors Branch. Additionally, she has served on the Board of Trustees for the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures since 2019. And of course, she was in Big Little Lies, the hit show with Reese Witherspoon. Her mother, Diane Ladd, is an actress, writer, director, and author, and winner of over 57 international awards, including the British Academy Award, Golden Globe Award, Independent Spirit Film Award, and the Ken Palm Door Award. She's been nominated for three Emmy Awards and three Academy Awards for the films Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Wild at Heart, and Rambling Rose. In Rambling Rose, she and her daughter, Laura, made show business history as the first mother-daughter duo to earn nominations for the same film. The late Princess Diana chose this film as one of her all-time favorites and honored it with a London royal premiere and a party in their honor. Diane has authored the books Spiraling Through the School of Life, A Mental, Physical, and Spiritual Discovery, Find Your Miracles, endorsed by Marianne Williamson, Stephen King, Whoopi Goldberg, and others— 
winner of the 2014 Tennessee Williams Literary Award, she was honored at their festival in New Orleans for a bad afternoon for a piece of cake, a collection of 10 short stories. Aside from seminars on acting with a master's in esoteric psychology and a certificate in nutrition, she lectures across the nation on spiritual and health matters for the medical and lay community at large when time permits. A member of the National Board of Directors of the Screen Actors Guild, Diane is president of the Art and Culture Task Force, a 501c3 that promotes culture and arts in schools across America. She is a proud grandmother as well. Enjoy our very special episode. Welcome, Laura and Diane. Thank you so much for this very special episode with both of you for Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books about Honey Baby Mine, your beautiful book. Thank you. We're so honored to be here. And I love the title of your show, <laughs> Mom Don't Have Time to Read Books, because it's true and we need to. A book can take you right out of your body. If you leave 50 miles away from where you live, your energy is supposed to relax. So reading a book is the same thing. It helps your everything just detach, and then you can be more objective, I think. What do you think, Laura? Totally. I mean, I, I, honestly, I just said to a girlfriend that I can't remember when I have read a book since I became a mother that wasn't connected to work. Mm. Wow. Like just for pure pleasure. I mean, what's amazing is my mom raised me on movies, but she also raised me on the love of reading, but my mom is a worker. So reading for mom was because she was getting her degree in esoteric astrology and because she wanted to know about the world and she was reading about nutrition. And she, so I always talk about how mom always, which is why we have photos of our bedside tables in the book, because I remember her bedside table always having five books, but the books are like earmarked and highlit and read over and over again. And I have that with a few authors that I love so much. But other than that, the luxury of taking the time to read is, you know, I think being raised by an actor too, was always connected to research or if you're lucky, you're, you know, working on a memoir or something where you get to read more and more of the lives or in and around the, the time period that the people had been living. And so it takes up so much time. I thought when people are like, oh my God, I just grabbed a book at the airport and it was so amazing. And I just got on that plane. I'm like, I get on that plane. I feel like I always have like seven things to read just to catch up or emails or things. So I'm, Really, you've inspired me just <laughs> as the reminder, as your show does, which is beautiful. <laughs> well, but a book a book like yours is an example of why it's important to read. I mean, yours is unique, right? There aren't a lot of books where you are essentially transcribing the most meaningful walks of your life. How lucky that you have a record of that. I mean, it's really a gift to you both, but to everyone who reads it. And this book is like, it's almost like an audiobook in paper, if you will, right? It's, it's so special. <laughs> And you can read just a little and it changes your whole point of view. I mean, what that's really powerful. Oh, well, that's so beautiful. And one thing I think, Mom, we loved is, you know, it was its own one-act play in our life, right? That it had this journey 
And it was two people talking. And if we were going to share it, we wanted it to hold not only the essence of our experience, but hopefully the influence on others to do the same with their loved ones in their relationships. So the idea that you can capture it in that way, as you described, is so meaningful. Well, we didn't plan to write a book. It's happened. Mm -hmm. I think our angels planned it for us. We just kind of went with the flow of the river, so to speak. We just, you know, you want to explain it, Laura, how we got into this? Well, you know, mom went through the most brutal time of her life unknowingly, as so many Americans do, which is she was not being notified while neighbors were spraying and neighboring farms were spraying petrochemicals and pesticides, glyphosates, Danitol, the most horrific poisons daily even in and around her property. For three years, I didn't know it. And you want to share, Mom, what made us wake up to why you were having all these sudden health issues? Well, my beautiful dog, she's a King Charles Cavalier, this doggy, and she was our dog uh, in a TV series we did together called Enlightened. The dog was part of the series, and then they thought she was getting deaf, so I took her. She had already starred in three children's movies. She, her name was Ginger. She's a wonderful creature. She was like a little girl. She'd crawl up on the bed and put, put her little head right on my shoulder. And she was so wonderful, wonderful. And she went out one day at midnight to go to the bathroom for just a few minutes. She got the dew, had spray in it already. And it got on her paws. And she just was out there a little bit. When she came back in, she had three seizures, one after another, and she died horribly in my arms. It was oh. quite tragic, a horrible tragedy. But her death saved my life. She gave up her life for mine. And it makes me cry to think about it. Right? Oh. Because I just woke up and I'm a little tired today, but thinking about little Ginger. She was so, so, she said, I'll see her again someday. And she's going to go woof, woof to me again someday. Aww. But in the meantime, I found out what was making me sick. And it had been going on for three years. I didn't know I was getting sprayed by seven farms around me. And nobody, nobody, no agriculture commissioner, none of the people we pay their taxes to look out for us, their salaries. Nobody told me anything. And that's not right. That's not right. So I ended up in the hospital with pneumonia. And uh, very, very ill. And Laura, you want to tell him then what happened? Yeah, then the lung specialist took me aside, but as my, you know, five feet from my mom, so she could see him talking to me. And he said, be gentle with your mother. She has three to six months at most. And I said, what are we doing? What is the prognosis? What is the plan? And he clearly established there was a diagnosis of a lung disease based on scarring of the lungs from environmental exposure. And it's happening every day to so many people, but there's no medicine for it. And there's no cure, well, supposedly, unless you fight as hard as mom does. <laughs> but the one thing that he offered me was if you can get her walking mm -hmm. to expand her lung capacity, that might help. So we began the journey of walking. I, I'm not a big fan of walking. I'd rather dance. <laughs> Laura had to really entice me to do these walks. And we started walking a little bit more every day. And I remember 
I've told this before. One day my shoelace came untied and I looked down and she was tying my shoelace. And I said, oh, honey, you don't have to do that. And she looked up at me with her big, beautiful blue eyes and said, why not, mom? You tied my shoelace enough when I was little. And I turned about fair play. It's my time to help tie your shoelace. And I just, oh, I just couldn't get over there. Boy, that gave me a little, I wasn't going to say I was too lazy to walk then or after that. Uh But given that mom being an amazing actor, but also someone who has the love of story, I knew it could keep her going and keep her distracted, frankly, to just start sharing stories. But what happened was we realized how little we had spoken about in either the most mundane spaces or the deepest and most painful memories. And so we explored all of it as an archive for her grandkids. And as you say, mom, you know, you thought you were dying. I thought I was dying. This was four years ago, but instead of dying, I starred in two movies, did a TV series, and wrote a book. (laughs) Thanks to inspiration, walking, faith, and you know, you can almost do anything you believe in in life as long as it's not something that hurts somebody else. And if it doesn't happen for you, I believe in dreams and fighting for those dreams. Never give up, never. But I, I also believe that sometimes... Maybe the universe has a different path for you. And there's lessons that we have to learn along the way for sure. Just like our children go to school and learn lessons. Well, life is a school. Unfortunately, it seems like very few people are graduating, huh? But it seems like uh, I lived. And the more I'm glad I did. And here I am. And we didn't plan to write a book. It was her agent that said, I think you guys have a book. And we said, we don't have a book. And because I am a writer and Laura's writer. And then when we decided five publishers wanted the book, and then, well, after that, we spent over a year and a half. We had 420 pages once we translated, but we had to edit it and make sure that the communication would reach others. And the whole book, since we are communicators, the book is about communicating. The book, nobody's asking each other the questions today. You know, the, the book is not a Hollywood book. The book is about life, about people. And yes, we share the art of our work as the same way if we were lawyers or doctors or Planet Roses or whatever. We talk to you about our work. We love the work. I'm not always a fan of the business, but I love my work, mm. the gifts. And so we share that, but we, we talk about experiences, the same experiences that all of us human beings have. And parents lie to their kids. They don't tell them the truth. And then the kids, because they want to be loved and adored. You don't tell your kid all the truth. And then your child doesn't tell you all the truth because they want to be loved and adored. And then when the mother and father go on, they say, oh, I wish I'd asked my mom that. I hear it all the time. I wish I asked my daddy. But the book is for fathers and sons, for brothers and sisters, friends, people talk to each other and you don't have to agree with each other stop feeling like somebody's beat you to death because they don't agree with you laura and i disagree a lot in the book and we even have an argument this whole argument we still disagree and i say what do we say laura oh i was right right. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Sometimes you tell everybody who read the book to vote. I want to say, tell me if you think I'm right. Well, say, tell me if you think I'm right. And it's okay. We still don't agree, but that's okay. But I think also what we got to is that the book is not there to be an archived reminder that people have to forgive. For many families, that is not a possibility, and it's appropriate that it's not a possibility. And people have to find their own boundaries and their own healing, sometimes despite family. But if you are in relationships where you are safe to share your feelings and someone can give you a listening ear, even if you're not going to get to forgiveness or agreeing, you can accept knowing the other person. And I had a, I haven't told you about it yet. I just got a text from a friend who just read the book, mom, who's an amazing woman. And I was worried about sending it to her because her mom had passed quite recently. Wow. And she wrote me and she said, I want to thank you because... I was holding on to a lot of resentment because I found out some secrets after my mom passed Oh boy! and they've been really weighing on me. Very, very hurtful things. And she said, but when I listened to you and your mom talking about the guilt or the shame of parenting and not wanting to give your child room to say, hey, that hurt. She said something opened up in me and I realized how much shame my mom was holding on to if she hadn't been able to share these things with me. And it it made me soften toward my mother. And so I've had so much healing without her here. And that really touched me because it, you know, as I've told mom, it's been impactful for My children as siblings, they've been saying, they've been asking each other more questions and checking in with each other differently. And I just, you know, I hope that all ages reach out in their relationships, whatever they are, to check in. Someone said to me the other day, I don't know how to admit this, but I just, I don't know what it is about the world or my life, but I'm feeling really anxious these days. And I just started laughing so hard. I was like, what human being on the planet in the last few years has not basically developed generalized anxiety of every age? I just, there's too much. So if we don't tell each other, we think we're the only ones feeling like this. So hopefully it can inspire in a lot of different kinds of relationships. I was telling Zippy while waiting for you, we were chatting a little bit. And I just told her that I had said to you that if we could get one person talking to someone they love to whom they weren't talking before and at least trying to listen, not just with your ear, but with the ear of your heart. I said, we've done something to help this old planet of ours. And we've already had a couple responses that we reached out. And, and it's it's just been wonderful to know that someone else is listening and then develop the ability to listen to a loved one. That makes all of it worthwhile because if I hadn't gone through that being sprayed and almost died, this book would not have gotten written. And I guess the angels wanted us to to write it. Sometimes we don't know why our life takes a curve way off the path. And we think, why? What are you doing, God? Why? What's happening? Why me? What? But there are all reasons for things. And if you're just a little patient, sometimes you find out why, you know. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Well, I think one of, and thank you for all of that. I think one of the most beautiful parts of the book was how over the course of the walks, you could see the two of you, like having the barriers sort of come down a little bit and sharing more and more and getting past some of the more, not superficial, but the into the real depth of your relationship and how each of you felt sort of in similar situations, the backstory. I mean, I think people can be very quick to assume they know what's what other people are thinking and feeling, even people close to us. But then when you really ask and take the time to think about it, it has really pays off, you know? And, and I think also how the two of you, you know, over the course of the walks got to a place where you could process all of that sort of un, unprocessed grief and connection and things that just weren't talked about. I mean, to me, I, I was crying by the time I got to that. And especially Diane, when you said that, you know, maybe that's why your lungs hurt because you're holding in so much grief. It was just wearing away at your lungs. I mean, I could cry just even like saying it out loud. It was so beautiful. Women do hold grief. The breasts, for example, were symbolized. Uh, men, men hold it too. The kidneys is a symbol of grief, of grief unreleased in the organs in our body. But the breast, particularly for women, is where women hold in a lot of grief. And sometimes it's hard to let it go because we're sensitive and we give milk to our babies and love and, and our breasts are close, so close to the heart. But it's true that we do hold in grief and talking, uh, you, you know, I, I love a that book, Men Are From, Men are from Mars <laughs> and Women Are From Venus. He talked a lot. I, I, I was a friend. He was a friend of mine. And I, we talked. He talked a lot about women just want to talk it out. We need to get it out. We need a sisterhood or someone. We don't want them to fix it. Just listen. Let us talk. Let us talk, 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 please. But men are wonderful. They want to fix it. 
<laughs> we don't want to fix it. We just want to be heard. We'll fix it if you let us talk about it long enough. <laughs> so I think that Laura and I did fix it through our talks. Things that we didn't realize that I didn't realize there were things I didn't know about my own daughter. Having raised her, I thought I knew it all. Well, I don't know it all. <laughs> and she realized, Laura, taught me how you realized how many things you hadn't asked me. That was interesting. Yeah, I was saying, you know, and and thank you for for bringing up, you know, the the depth of sharing that the book goes into in terms of, you know, unexamined grief with a loved one, especially for my parents' generation who, when going through heartbreak and grief and loss, there was no grief counseling set up easily, easily accessible, find a therapist online. You, you didn't know what to do or where to turn or that you could talk about it. And my parents in the financial situation they were in as working actors to pay the rent had to go right back to work. There was, as you say, mom, you know, no time to, you know, pull down the shades and shut life out, you know? And, and so as profound as it was to share the hardest of things, even our seemingly surface silly conversations about likes and dislikes and what's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? They brought us to such palpable awareness at how little we ask, Mm -hmm. including I'm an actor raised by an actor mother. And I had never asked my mom, what's the first movie you ever saw or what, who was the artist that made you want to do this from this tiny town in Mississippi? Were your parents supportive? You know, like, how did I not think of talking about those things with my mom? But I didn't, nor my father, you know? I just sort of accepted the stories I was told as a kid instead of digging deeper. And I think, you know, and also how absurd. I remember once an elderly couple at a restaurant, we had met my kid's father and I, and we were traveling for his work. And my daughter was asking all kinds of questions, you know, well, what books do you like read? What's your favorite movie? Who's your favorite actor? Da, 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 da. And the gentleman said, what a precocious child. Children should be seen and not heard. And I was like, boy, didn't that line always get us into so much trouble and toxicity? (laughs) And we got into this great argument. And then he admitted that he'd said it because he was always embarrassed that his mother told him he was a talker and that that wasn't respectful. Oh, boy. Oh my gosh. And and, and so what was incredible was also I did it sort of laughing like, oh, here we go. Yeah, we all know that one as opposed to don't say that to my kid or whatever. And we all discovered all this language that has stopped us from asking the questions. We didn't just get here culturally all not asking each other. (laughs) There's a reason we didn't. Don't ask your mother, you know, you're the child, I'm the parent. Like all this absurdity that stopped us from deeply knowing each other and creating pattern for our children in their lives of asking the questions of being fearless, of being boundaryless in that way. Also, Lauren, the difficulty of trying to survive that people are going through today. Sometimes 
there's no time to cry. Mm. There's no time to laugh. And we can't allow that to happen to the human family. We have to reach out with a hug in our heart for each other because we are a family. We are humanity. And we forget this. And, um, you know, parents forget you want your child to stand on your shoulders in the hopes that they can see further than we have so that we keep evolving and growing. Because if the child sees further than you have, then someday this whole human race might really become humane. And that's the goal that we're after, our humanness and not go backwards. There's always two steps forward, one step backward. Well, the step backward the past three years has been really rough for a lot of people. And now we need to be kinder to each other. We need to stop judging each other so harshly. That's outdated. Just like dog boys don't cry to hold stuff in, to stuff themselves up and not shed a tear. It's ridiculous. And that's all outdated. You know, you don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know after that cover if it's not a book you'd like or a wonderful book on those pages inside. By the way, my book, our book is a very good book to give your mother for Mother's Day because uh, it's yeah. a book of love within the pages of searching, a book of hope within the pages of searching. And it's, uh, Laura, tell me about the end. You've got to have asked questions. Listen, I'm going to have to say yeah. goodbye to you yes. guys because I have a beautiful little dog. Her name is Abby. She's a Havanese. I have two doggies. I have a lot of dogs in heaven. At 87, I have a lot of dogs in heaven. So when I go to the other side, I'm going to hear a lot of good old woof-woof-woof love. <laughs> but my little doggie, we found out yesterday, she's sick. So <laughs> say a little prayer for Abby. Uh, okay. I have to take her back to the to the vet right now. Okay. And uh, I just wish you all fulfillment of destiny with so much joy and so much love for your highest good, all of your readers out there and listeners, and I say readers because you say we should read a book. God bless you. You guys keep talking. Forgive me for having to leave early, but I got to go to little Abby. Okay. All right. Love you. Bye. I love you guys. I love you. Oh, <laughs> so sweet. She's so sweet. Oh my gosh. She's oh, this is just, and it's an amazing journey. You know, I mean, I, Every step of this process has been, I may not have her. Mm -hmm. Every single step, you know, I may not have her. So try to prolong her life. Let's get talking, you know, let's get her walking. And then I may not have her. Let's archive your stories for your grandkids. I may not have her. Purpose matters. Purpose has been mind-blowing to witness in my 87-year-old mother who will never retire, mm -hmm. who loves her art, just like my father. But, you know, as actors, there's time when you're not working. So what's the purpose? And this has given her purpose, purpose to be healthier, to be stronger, then to make it a book, then to share with other people. Now to do press where we're sharing with other people and hopefully it touches other people. Every day, there's purpose. And so... If we can do anything for our elders, our parents, our grandparents, our friends, our neighbor down the street, as we all saw during COVID, like we all need purpose. And, you know, I say this to any children and teenagers, 
who can hear us talking and sharing or that we can remind that teenagers are locked in their rooms, locked to social media, and they've lost purpose. Mm. They're, They're in a purpose of comparison that's based on false narrative that's presented to the world to like build a brand. There's not truth in that. And so all of us of every age, if you're 11, if you're 80, you need the purpose to help other people to get talking. When my kids were in second grade, our school program was the second graders had a senior buddy and we went to a assisted living home and they saw their buddy every week. And it was such an incredible program. I, I wish all schools had because those were such beautiful relationships. And you saw how the kids felt empowered and they were doing something special. And these and these elderly people, some of them who don't have relatives who are able to visit, and it was really touching. So that's been an amazing thing to watch. And now it's just a continual blessing, you know, that my mom's still here and we're able to talk about the book together. Well, it was great in the book how you could see her resistance, even to the walking. And how, like, as as each chapter went on, she the walking became more second nature, and she wasn't fighting you as much. And as soon as you said, "Well, let's go back to the stories, let's go back to acting," she would like light up. You could just see it on the page. So, I think yes, having finding whatever it is that gets our own relatives as excited to talk, and sometimes people just want the chance to talk about themselves and their lives and feel like people care. Uh, exactly. And when we're younger. Sometimes it's like, ah, I've heard this story or I don't, you know, I don't want to do this. This is not comfortable. They're not going to see how wrong they were to A, B, or C. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, when there's a family crisis or a health crisis, all that stuff floats away. It's just amazing that we don't let it float away in everyday life you know, the divide, the horrific divide more than ever in this country, you know, all all the things all of us have thought, hoping would never be something our children would even be aware of, you know, gender bias, all of it, you know what I mean? And that it's, that it's here in, in such devastating ways and nobody's talking, you know, geopolitically, all, all of it, you know? So yeah, there's a lot to learn from what seems simple. Yes. And I love your questions at the end. I feel like the two of you should brand some like walking cards, you know, you can give it to people with like some of your questions. That's such a sweet idea. Because nobody does that, right? There's like conversation at dinner cards, but people should go on walks and like maybe you log your walks or you log a friend. I don't know. I think you have like a real opportunity to take this, these walks. And even if it's every so often, and even if it's just a few questions, really like motivate people to do it because it's it's so important. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you for that. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've received, you know, empowering advice cards or right. yeah. in in, you know, my relationship to loving Cheryl Strayed and her writing, you know, yeah. would open up to a story and tiny beautiful things and just kind of come back to something that yeah. that became a touchstone, great obviously poetry, sacred poetry. But but the idea of prompts, which is what we wanted in the back of the book, having them as cards, I love that idea. That would yeah. be so cool. 
Okay. You can take that and run with it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on Mom's No Time to Read Books. Thank you to your mom and you. I mean, I really was so emotional reading this book and going through the whole journey. And then at the end, seeing the one picture of the two of you from behind walking in Santa Monica. Oh my gosh. I, it, you know, so Aww. thank you. I really, thank it was you. very moving. Thank you. Thank you for your amazing show. Thank you for inspiring us and making us believe there's a space to give ourselves <laughs> in all areas of life. You know, like I, I had my daughter do yoga with me early this morning. She's graduating high school in only a couple of weeks. And and I was just like, she was like, I don't have time. I don't have time. I've got to go to school. And then we were like, and then the school play tonight. And I was like, you have to carve out the time for yourself. So true. And just realizing I was not going to, <laughs> but I did it because I wanted her to learn that we should. <laughs> Since she's graduating in a couple of weeks, I've got, I've got two more weeks to yeah. like imprint Teach some. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's you know gorgeous that you're reminding all of us so thank you so much and Aww. uh yeah and for your support and wisdom of course you too all right all right take thank care. you take care bye. bye bye thanks for listening to this episode of moms don't have time to read books don't forget to follow me on instagram at zibby owens and at moms don't have time to read books also sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 